There's a lot of us climbing out of COVID. And one of the things that we need to remember and practice if we're not already doing it again, is to assemble and be together with other people. We must gather together to protect and uphold our very civilization and all that it means to be human. These last almost three years since our horrible government's reaction to COVID, since March of 2020, when the governor of Washington state forced the closure of the bars and restaurants, but left pot shops, liquor stores, and strip clubs open, we've lost the simple yet profound practice of getting together at sporting events, restaurants, homes, churches, and working with our colleagues in person. There's something lost when we're not together, and something profound happens when we are in person face-to-face. Hello, everybody. I'm Janice Christensen, and this is The Tangled Angle. Here on this podcast, we address the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. I am a news junkie with a passion and interest in politics, government, and American history, and I spent 16 years in the halls of the Washington State Legislature supporting my husband, Dan Christensen, who is in the House of Representatives. Now with this podcast, I'm able to share and discuss what I've learned and experienced, along with some historical context of where we are on the timeline of history. So many things were stopped, and so many things were shut down. Businesses, schools, they even tried to shut down the churches during COVID. And this year is the first year in three years that the Washington State Legislature is meeting in person. They shut down in 2020, closed the doors of the Capitol building, and took the lockdown experiment to extreme levels, even going so far as to building a fence around the Capitol. I know they did this at the federal level also in Washington, D.C., building a fence around the People's House. And what was lost at the state level for doing this? Personal contact. We lost private conversations, personal contact. Who knows what Zoom knows when we have these online meetings? Our privacy was robbed from us. And the ability to confront someone face-to-face, to talk to them face-to-face, or ask a difficult question was erased. And this is really dangerous at, at the federal and the state levels when the citizens of government cannot speak to those who are elected, cannot see them face-to-face, cannot visit the Capitol, cannot testify on bills. And yes, I know they set up a Zoom ability to do this from a remote location, but it's not the same. Because online interaction takes away the empathy, the feeling, the ability to communicate more effectively with nonverbal cues, body language, and it reduces humanity in the interaction. And it gives those an authority who do not want to listen to an opinion the ability to drop the line, cut off the connection, or make the internet reception run afoul. Talking in person with someone is so much more than the verbal words that are spoken. It's the facial expressions, it's the tone of voice, and just observing the essence and the humanity of the person that we're interacting with. Electronic communication, social media, and the online communication take away our humanity and reduce us to robotic machines in this world of technology. And it's much harder to insult someone face-to-face than to post a mean or rude meme or a comment on social media. 
Meeting in person also soothes transactions, interactions, warms it up, adds the human element to it, and it removes some of the potential for misunderstandings and the temptation to be rude or mean or hateful. It's far more productive to be face-to-face when we're talking with people. Shutting down social interaction, suspending our daily lives of shopping, interacting, building, working, and recreating together went far beyond what was needed in a time of sickness. Quarantining the healthy during a time of sickness has never been done in the history of the world. And this lockdown has never happened in the history of the world due to a sickness to shut off the interaction between healthy people. It's been an experiment to see how far a government can go in their attempt and testing of their desired totalitarian control and frightening people by telling them to cover their faces with the cloth when the size of viruses can easily penetrate through the cloth. It's absurd. And another test to see how far the tyrants amongst us can push a people through fear and intimidation to do something so pointless. And the request to stay six feet apart. And one-way signs and grocery store aisles were, for those of us who still went out in public on a regular basis, made us feel like we're in kindergarten. To remind us we're still needed to comply, to obey, to be fearful of those we don't know to attempt to place fear and doubt amongst the population of people who still live and work together in our towns, cities, and workplaces, in our communities. And the fear, or maybe it's ignorance about biology, or maybe it's just wanting to go along to get along, but whatever the motivation was for each individual, it was an experiment and a test on a massive scale to see what the tyrants could get away with. And it's time to throw off this fear, reclaim our freedoms. And one way to do this is to gather with your family, friends, co-workers, and all the ways we do this in our nation. I know some are doing this and have been doing this for a long time, especially those in the red states. My husband and I have spent some time in Idaho, and it's, it's a completely different culture there. But here in the blue state of Washington, we still see people wearing masks, fearful of encounters, And no people who have not traveled outside of a blue state or outside of Washington since March of 2020, their perception of reality is distorted. This is not how a lot of America is functioning. And the goal of these elites who sent down these dictates from on high, it's to alienate us from each other, to alienate children from their parents, to alienate us from our extended families, and to alienate us from our livelihoods. By trying to shut down the churches, they even tried to alienate us from our faith and from others who share our faith. The unelected elites and tyrants amongst us use this crisis, quote unquote, to shut down our liberty and freedom and tried to pour fear and panic into the hearts of so many of us to advance their efforts, which was largely successful, and to strip us from our freedom, ability to work, and our very humanity. In the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights, it spells out the freedoms that we citizens are to enjoy. In the First Amendment to the Constitution, it says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That's the freedom of religion part. Then it goes on to say, nor abridging the freedom of speech, which means we can say anything we want to, or of the press, which means the press can print anything they want to, or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. 
So I want to talk about this freedom to assemble. What does it mean? The founders didn't put the freedom of assembly in the First Amendment to the Constitution because they thought it was some sort of luxury that we could enjoy or some sort of frivolous action that we might partake in once in a while or some sort of thing that would entertain us. They saw it as absolutely foundational to hold the freedoms of a republic together. They knew that once people could be separated from one another, the tyrants and dictators can easily take over. So the freedom to peaceably assemble was put in the Bill of Rights because of its vital importance to maintaining a constitutional republic, the freedoms of groups of people, and to not allow the people to be separated from one another and easily deceived or threatened and have their liberties and freedoms taken away. They didn't put in the freedom to peaceably assemble just because they thought, oh, someday they'll want to go to football games and oh, one day they'll want to have a 4th of July parade and march down, march in the streets of their cities and towns celebrating the 4th of July and our independence from Great Britain. They knew the absolute vitality of the ability for people to assemble. It gives us the ability to come together, innovate, create, maintain our freedoms and to strategize and be a successful and free people and to maintain these freedoms. Assembling helps us understand the world we live in. It boosts our resolve, helps us understand ourselves and our country, gives us courage, helps us understand the world. It reduces loneliness. It reduces cowardice. There's something about gathering together in person that cannot be replicated or substituted by viewing a world online. This is why during our government's horrible reaction to COVID, our government shut down even churches and their gathering, not because of a disease, but because it isolates us from one another. It isolates us. It affects our mental health. It affects, just look at our, the condition of kids today and even adults. The suicide rate is sky high. Why? Because these people could have been helped by gathering together. Closing schools was horrid on so many children because that's the system in which they found their social interaction. Human interaction of people who are free is usually characterized by empathy, kindness, smiling, hugging, touching. You cannot get this online. And seeing other faces is vital to our mental and emotional health, both in children and adults. Not meeting in person and not being able to assemble, it dilutes our humanity and it reduces us to robots that must be, that must obey the distant powers that are trying to rule our lives instead of grounding us in the humanity that we love and enjoy by being friends with our neighbors, loving our families, getting to work with our co-workers face-to-face, working in the towns and cities, and gathering at church where we're encouraged, uplifted, and told the truth. Gathering and peaceable assembly is a sign of freedom, liberty, free thinking, and mental health. Isolated people get weird and odd ideas that are not based in reality. Just look at all the online groomers that have destroyed this next generation of children with these wild ideas that somehow happiness and contentment can be changed by becoming the opposite gender, instead of just explaining to these people going through puberty and young adulthood that the awkwardness, the feeling out of place, and trying to figure out who you are is normal for that age group. It's normal. We all felt awkward when we were that age. 
It doesn't mean we're the opposite sex. It just means that we're feeling awkward and out of place, just like everybody else in their age group. Gathering together gives life meaning and clarity and joy. Community and living life with others in person are what holds us together. It keeps us sane and helps us to lighten up and find some joy and laughter in the midst of life. And this is why our government wanted to shut down our social interaction, our livelihoods, our ability to earn the money we need to pay our bills and mortgages and so on. And it shut down the interaction amongst children who were the least threatened by this sickness. And they knew this. This was a plan. This was a dry run. This was a plan. This was like, how far can we push these people? Because when we're together, joy and embracing each other, holding each other up, laughing together, eating together, praying together, playing games together, fellowshipping with those who have common interests with us are what make us free in our Western culture. We're free to brainstorm with each other, bounce ideas off each other, plan fun or business ideas, travel and celebrate together. This is a hallmark of a free people and why the founders put the freedom to peaceably assemble in the Constitution. It is that important to meet together face to face in person. And these things on the surface seem so simple and so basic, but that's exactly where they're so powerful. This is where the power of the people comes from, the ability to gather, to peaceably assemble, and to peaceably listen to each other, talk to each other, and support one another, to know one another. We must not give in to the fear and stop meeting together. We must be with other people we can walk through life with, and meaningful friendships are only built by being in person with each other. Sustaining businesses is far more beneficial and easy to accomplish if the people are gathered together in person, that they know each other in person. And I know my son and my nephew both have online jobs at the time through COVID, and my nephew was just entering the workforce, and it really stunted his growth because he couldn't be with people. Because so much of what happens at work, in the office, in our homes, in churches, at sporting events, everywhere we gather, community halls, city meetings, county council meetings, even visiting a state capital or the federal capital, those in-person visits and encounters are far more powerful than what could ever happen online. We must not forsake the gathering together as some have made a habit of doing. We must uphold this freedom to assemble. So go to that football game, get together with your family this year, be in person. If you have a choice between a Zoom meeting or in person, try and make it happen in person. Yes, it takes more time. Yes, it can be more expensive. Yes, it is much more effort than just logging on to the Zoom or whatever else is the social media interaction. But we must not forsake the gathering together of people. The freedom of assembly is literally what holds our country together. The freedom to be together is literally what gives us our country. We must practice this freedom of assembly to peaceably assemble and to talk to each other. Our nation depends on it. If you like this podcast, please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you listen on and please share it with a friend. I don't know what state you live in, but I live in Washington state, and I still see people driving around in their cars alone 
wearing a mask. And the fear and the anxiety must be sky high in the soul of these people to be so afraid that even when they're alone, they have to wear a mask. And I think that this whole thing through COVID has really robbed from us a freedom and an independence and a lightheartedness. And I don't know if we're ever going to get it back. But if that's you, I would encourage you, call a friend, find a friend, interact with people in public, even if you have your mask on, and build up the courage to take the mask off. And I've seen questions on social media. What do you think about people who are still wearing a mask when they're alone in their cars? I just feel nothing but compassion for these people. The fear must be out of this world. And how do we solve this? I don't know. Everybody's so individual. Everybody's so different. But I know assembling with others, getting together with others, and putting yourself in an environment with friendly people who are warm and inviting is worth it for you to build the courage to take the mask off.